Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast, a space where we share inspiring interviews and stories from thoughtful leaders in business, health and wellness, entrepreneurship and sports. Here we talk about tools, habits, routines and tactics they use that help them feel calm, revived and rebalanced whenever they face challenges in life. I'm your host, Nico Estrella, a serial entrepreneur, former professional soccer player and co-founder of WACU. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to a new episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast. I have with me today Mariana Doria. Uh, Mariana, she's a communicator, a certified health coach with a specialty in gut health. And also she's a yoga instructor. She's helping women design a long-lasting, healthy lifestyle. You can follow her on Instagram at gutbabe or her website, gutbabe.com. Mariana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nicolas. I am I am very happy to have you here. I know that um, you are from Peru, right? Yes, originally born and raised in Peru. Awesome. Yeah, I am. I am. I was born and raised in Ecuador. So yeah, we're we're just talking a little bit before the the interview that we are neighbors, basically. Yeah. How long ago have you been living in the in the U.S.? I've been in the States for full time the last three years. But prior to that, I used to come every winter season to work at the ski resort industry. And then I'll go back to Peru for the rest of the year. Oh, nice. And the main reason that you moved to the U.S. was because of work or, or because of studying? Yes, because of work. I was very driven and I wanted to work in the States, save money, return to Peru and have a little bit better of a financial cushion. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I've also been living here in in the U.S. I live in Boston uh, right now, uh, and I've been living here for the past four years. Um, wh you, wh where in the U.S. are you living? I'm currently based in Park City, Utah. In Park City, Utah. Nice. I've never been to Utah, but I've heard it's very pretty, so I, I'm excited to visit. It really point. It really is gorgeous. Every season, I, I get like, "Oh wow, it really is pretty here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine. Um, so, Mariana, I wanted to start our conversation today, um, asking you to share a little bit about your your story of your health journey. I know you have a very interesting story that your health journey started um, when you were a kid, basically, right? When you, when you were Uh, very young. So for the people that's um, that just listening and starting to get to know you, can you share a little bit about your story with us? Yes. Um, I actually think that I have two line streams of the story. One is what started when I was younger. I was diagnosed with PCOS at age 15. And at a time, there I didn't really have a lot of information. We didn't have access to information the way how we have right now. And I was a little bit heavy. I had a lot of acne. I've, I had started to have some hormonal issues. And my doctor at the time diagnosed me diet, exercise, and birth control when I was 15. So I, I really didn't know. And I tried to do my best. And I honestly think that that journey 
led me to a lot of complications in the future, which we'll talk about. Um, I did the birth control, I did the diet and exercise, but things seem to work on a yo-yo basis. It really wasn't until, I mean, we're talking about probably a 10-year journey when I'm like, trial and error, trial and error, and I just wanted to be healthy. It wasn't until 2018 when I really started seeing severe gut issues that I had an epiphany moment and realized everything that I'm doing, um, I'm honestly not healthy. I'm bloated. I have severe cystic acne. I'm still trying to figure it out. What am I doing at age? I think I was 25 at the time. Um, and this whole entire journey took, led me to learn a lot about myself, my personal superfoods, my foods to avoid, and we'll talk about along along the call of how how did I discover those, and that my healthy food can be somebody else's poison, and vice versa. Somebody else's healthy food could be my poison because we are so different in so many levels, not only in the biological level, but also in the mental health. That some journey that is currently working for me, for example, workouts, CrossFit, this is not going to work for somebody else that's experiencing severe stress and cortisol levels because we're simply different. So I'm really, really passionate about empowering women to find their own bio-individuality and what works for them is going to be completely different than your neighbors. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think like, um, I, I know that for gut health issues, I know that some of the reasons on why some healthy food might not be beneficial for some people and it can be beneficial for others has to do a lot with the microbiome, right? And it 100%. Has to, has to do a lot with some people have the right bacteria to process broccoli and some people doesn't. And if you don't have those, those healthy bacteria, um, if you eat broccoli, it's gonna cause more harm than good to you, right? Yes, because oftentimes we hear, you are what you eat. No, not really. You are what you digest. Because I can be eating all the broccoli in the world, but if I don't, if I don't have the right bacteria to digest it, it's potentially going to make me sick. Totally. Um, I, I've, I've never heard that phrase. I love it. You're, you're not really what you eat, you're what, what you digest, and it makes total sense. And one of the reasons, oops, sorry, one of the reasons why that led me to, I mean, my, my gut issues led me to this belief was because I honestly saw I was eating healthy for what I was eating. I was following a, a almost perfect dieting according to me, but I realized that the foods that I was eating in abundance were actually make me, making me sick. I didn't have enough diversity. I was eating way too many cashews. Way I forgot this was 2018, but I just... The, the superfoods were not super for me at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so 
Okay, I have a, I have a couple of follow up follow up questions. Um, for people that doesn't know, can you explain us a little bit what is PCOS? Yes, polycystic ovary syndrome. You, it, it's a hormonal disorder that ten percent of women are born with, and it if it's not treated, if it yeah, if it's not treated, it could it could lead to very severe symptoms. It could lead to um, disorder, hormonal disorder, acne, overweight, loss of hair, uh, insomnia, insulin resistance. There's so many things that could cause. I mean, PCOS is is the cause, but if it's not treated or if the symptoms are very severe, it can really affect women's health. And a lot of people have it, and they don't know it. It sounds like a very common, like 10% of women has it. A lot of women, probably a lot of people that is hearing this right now has it. And how, how do you know that you have it? Like, is it like you start to experience a lot of these symptoms and then I guess you, you go to the doctor and get uh, some lab exams and, and all that. But like, what are some of the, the common symptoms that can, tell you like, okay, this might be PCOS uh, if you don't know you have it yet? In my, from my experience, I had, I had acne since I was 10. And at a time, we didn't have enough information. The internet was barely there. So I actually do remember the exact day of my first communion and my mom had to put me a little bit of makeup for my first communion because I had a, I was starting to break up and I thought that I was not washing my face, that I was not being clean. And it wasn't until I saw a dermatologist when I was 12 that she gave me a treatment for my skin and I kept having acne. Uh, I mean, I, I was told that I was a teenager and this is normal. It wasn't until I turned 15 to 16 that my dermatologist told me, okay, it's been three years of treatment for acne and we still have acne. So I'm going to send you to the gynecologist to see what's going on in the hormonal level. That's when I went to my gynecologist. She did the examinations and she I, she's like, oh yeah, you have polycystic ovary syndrome. And I didn't know. I was like, I was 15. I had no idea. My prescription was diet, exercise, and birth control pills at age of 15. And now I look back at the 15-year-old Mariana and I'm like, I just want to hug her because I was dealing with so much with, it, with my health. I just wanted to feel good and like having acne was very detrimental for my self-esteem. Uh, oh, I, I, she did the test. And that's how I knew, but I really didn't embrace it until I was 25 because at 25, I still had acne. And then 10 years later, I've been having acne. So a friend of mine asked me about all my symptoms because it wasn't only acne. I also have a lot of hair growth, like a lot, like I have to wax everywhere. <laughs> So it's, I have, I have a very hard time maintaining a healthy weight, acne, hair, 
at a time I was having sleeping issues. And this friend told me, don't you have PCOS? And I'm like, yes, I was actually diagnosed 10 years ago, but I never really looked into it for 10 years. And, and for, for those 10 years, were you still doing the same treatment that they gave you at 15? Or did you do the treatment for a little bit and then you stopped after some of the symptoms receded? So the acne went on and off. I was always doing something in my face, always trying different products on the outside. Um, for the birth control, I was so bad with the pills, like so bad. I always forgot. I gave up on that. Like, no, I'm never going back. And um, I actually, now that I'm 29, now I see 10 years back and I developed an eating disorder from this. My eating disorder was not... I mean, you saw me in the street and then like, she looks healthy. She looks fine. I was not super skinny. I was not throwing up. I was not purging. But my eating disorder was because I was trying to overeat super healthy to keep up with my skin and my weight and, and developed uh, orthorexia. Uh, I, I've actually been working with a therapist for the last year and a half to unveil all the reasons why this happened and why eating too healthy, it's not good. And those were 10 years of trial and error, trial and error. Oh, wow. And then, okay, so then at 25, you you are talking with this friend. Um, and how, how did things uh, start to change after that conversation that you had? Um, did you start a, a different type of treatment or uh, what did you start doing to help with the PCOS? At a time, I was following a vegan diet because I thought it was cleaner, less hormones. Um, and I started, when I had that conversation, I started doing small shifts. I went to eat eggs again and slowly started transitioning. I, I honestly think that I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't eating. I wasn't eating balanced. I was just trying to restrict and cut certain food labels and and a lot of things just to maintain myself. <laughs> um, on 2019, I went to India for a month, and that has been one of the most healing journeys that I've had. I honestly had a lot of gut issues there too, but since then. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's because of the yoga or because I'm eating very balanced right now, but I have no acne, <laughs> no acne, hardly any bloating. I'm eating. Honestly, I think that since I went label free, it's when things started to change on my favor. Now I eat food, whole foods. I cook at home. I Yes, I watch out the ingredients, but I'm not overly obsessed Therefore, I'm not stressed. Therefore, I'm not creating cortisol, which is a stress hormone that was affecting me severely. Huh. That's super interesting. And then I know that you, you are now a certified uh, health coach, right? Um, yes. When, when did you start to get into becoming 
uh, a certified health coach. And I know that you specialized in gut health um, and you're helping a lot of a lot of women now. Um, How is that transition um, to become a certified health coach? I started rock climbing in college in 2013, I want to say. And from, from my rock climbing experience, I wanted to feel better, be healthier, feel stronger. And I knew for a fact that nutrition played a good, a big role. And it wasn't until 2018 that I decided to really dive into information and learn so I can know what to eat, how to eat, when to eat. And I got certified by the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Uh, and honestly, this is actually a really fun fact because, okay, I studied for a year integrative nutrition, but then after that, I felt I didn't know enough. And that's why I, I, I signed up into the gut health course because it's like, why? There's just so much information. There's so many diets. I feel I don't know enough. And I still feel like that. <laughs> it's on, it's a, it's a game. It's a never ending game because I, there's always something new coming up, but my experience as an athlete led me into becoming a healthier and stronger person and becoming a healthier person led me into wanting to be a more informed, um, health coach. I love that. Um, Coming back a little bit to the to the PCOS, I know that this might be very helpful for the people that's listening and, and has been diagnosed with PCOS. Um, a, a couple of questions here. So one is, how does taking care of your gut health can improve some of the symptoms of PCOS? It's day and night. I honestly, if you have PCOS, if you're listening to this podcast and you have PCOS, let me tell you, it's not easy. It's not an easy journey. It was not meant to be easy. But one of the reasons why I believe that we were put in this situation with PCOS is to show other women that are currently struggling with their condition and show them it is possible. We can be healthy. It is going to cost us three times more effort, but we can do it. And at the end of the game, it's not so much about how you look. And I am just like so tired of the instant gratification and like seeing these pictures of perfect bodies. It's not how about, how about you look. It's about how you feel. Measure your health according how you feel. Are you sleeping? Are you strong? Do you have energy? Okay, great. But coming back into improving our gut health for PCOS, absolutely, Hor hormones are creating in the gut. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I don't know the numbers. I don't know the exact names at the top of my head. But if you're following a balanced diet with the right amount of fiber, carbohydrates, protein, probiotics, and prebiotics, you are going to feel better. And it's so much more about how you feel Feel. And I just want to empower this to women. Focus on how you feel, not about how you look. 100%. I love that. Um, great. And then my, my follow-up question there, I wanted to ask you, 
do you have any specific tips for women that have a PCOS on like maybe some some changes that, th that they can start doing in their in their daily routines that can start to help with with some of the symptoms i know that um i saw one of your videos that you were sharing that um vitamin d is is of course vitamin d is good for all of us but especially it can be beneficial for women with pcos um i was curious to know like why it's especially beneficial for women with PCOS and on top of getting some vitamin D uh, and I know that going early in the day for a walk can give you um, some of the vitamin D especially like during the summer I know that this can be hard during the the winter when there's not a lot of sun and and it's cold out um, but what are some of these of these things that people can start to um bring into their routine absolutely in a macro level i honestly i'm very strong with whatever works for me it's not going to work for you even though we're talking about women with pcos i don't know your story i don't know your philosophy of food because my history of food is going to be completely different on an emotional level. Some people see food as nourishment. Some people see, see food as punishment. Some people see food as a relationship connector. So I honestly, people need to, people know what they, what they should do. Eat more vegetables, eat more fruit, drink more water, do exercise. It's very simple. However, something that is absolutely common with women with PCOS is stress management. If you are stressed, you're going to create more cortisol. So if there's one thing that I would suggest to everyone with PCOS is learn how to manage your stress levels. And again, the mechanism may be different. Yoga works really great for me. For some other women, it's not going to work because they simply don't like it. So they can find another mechanism to, for stress management, like going on a walk, going on a swim, Find something that is helping you relax and sleep well. Have your full rest. Learn how to manage your emotions. Learn how to physically manage your stress levels. And in terms of vitamins and food and that type of stuff, yes, vitamin D is particularly important for women with PCOS. But again, I don't want to advocate here, like everybody drink vitamin D because what if somebody already has enough vitamin D? Then it's not going to be good for this person. When it comes to vitamins and that type of stuff, I only I always suggest people, if there's like you're feeling unwell on, of any level, just go to your doctor, do your checkup, check your numbers, check your hormones, check your hormones all the time. I tell people just, Just check your hormones. How is your estrogen? How's your testosterone? Like, what is going on here? If, if you're having issues with certain thing, it could be hormonal. Yeah, I, yeah, that's you're you're totally right. Uh, and every every body is different. So so yeah, it's uh, it's very important to see uh, what things do you need. And I know that for managing stress. 
I know there's a bunch of things that you can be doing. Um, I know that like one, one that's big for me is that I've got into a, a new habit that for after 30 minutes or so from, from when I wake up, um, I, every morning I'm going for, for a walk, even like a 10 minute walk or a 15 minute walk, literally like right around the, the block. Um, I've seen that that's been improving a lot of things in my life. And I like, I, I learned this from, from a, a podcast that I follow that's called, um, Huberman Labs, uh, and he talks a lot. He, he's a neuroscientist, and he talks a lot uh, about the science behind um, how how we can start changing some things in our brain. And uh, I learned from him that um, first, getting some light exposure in the mornings is very good for us. Um, it's very good for a lot of the systems that we that we have in our body. So. Uh, it's important to have, even if it's cloudy out, uh, having direct, having our eyes to get direct exposure to sun is very important. It would just kickstart our metabolism. It will kickstart a lot of systems in our in, in our body, and it's it's gonna start kind of like a a clock that it's gonna it's gonna tell our brain to start uh, develop a lot of. Um, melanin in in our brain and uh, and it's like this chemical that tells our body that we're tired basically and like during the whole day it accumulates more and more so at the end of the day you feel tired and it's gonna help you go to sleep uh, better so when you have light exposure in the in the early parts of the day um, it's very important for it to be not through the glass, not through the window. It has to be di direct without a filter, not staring directly to the sun, but um, just like getting that light into your eyes. And it's going to start that process and it's going to help you sleep better at night. And if you combine this with movement early in the early in the morning, um, there is there is a system in the brain that that whenever it's his movement early on. Uh, it's gonna help you uh, reduce your stress levels and anxiety levels um, in, in the rest of the day. So going for morning walks, are, it's gonna make you feel more alert. It's gonna help you feel, uh, it's gonna help you sleep better at night and it's gonna help with the anxiety and the stress levels. And it's such an easy thing to implement in your, in your morning routine. Uh, because 10, 10 minutes, it's, it's enough, especially if it's a sunny day, 10 minutes is enough. It, like days that, that it's more cloudy, you will probably need 15 or a little bit more. But even if you can do just five minutes of walking and five minutes of getting direct exposure to sun, it's going to help a lot to improve the mood and, and help to reduce the, the stress levels and keep them in a, in like a healthy, in a healthy spot. So I, I think that's been very helpful for me. Same. I also have a very um, rigid morning routine, which I'm actually I working right now. And not, yeah, not being so rigid at a time. I'm working on letting go patterns and stuff, but that's a completely different subject. But um, yes, the morning routine I actually followed. Um, I forgot his first name, Sharma his first, I forgot he's an author he he's written 
The 5am Club is a book that talks about routine and healthy habits and all of that. And one of the things that he suggested that um, it it's common about what you've just shared about movement in the morning is your workout morning. I I live in Utah. In the winters, it's too cold. I can't walk at <laughs> at 5am, <a>. but... <laughs> Um, having a routine. So it's interesting because human beings, we are people of comfort zone where it's comfortable. It's nice, right? Having a routine, it's comfortable because we anticipate what's coming. So if we start a day, if we kickstart a day, workout, stretch, breakfast, we know what's coming. It's anticipated. If we start a day well, we're potentially going to have a good day and by, a, by consequence, have a good night of rest. So it's wonderful. Um, I personally, in my, in my morning routine, I wake up at 5 a.m., do my bed. For me, it's so important to make my bed. It's the first challenge. I haven't made my bed. So in the last five years, I think I've only missed it two times because of timing or something, something, right? I always make my bed. Um, so wake up, make my bed, drink. Um, I make uh, warm water with lemon and apple cider vinegar. It makes me feel good. It makes me kickstart my digestion. It's, I'm, I am a person of routine. I got that in. After that, I go to the gym. I work out at F45. It's a gym that it does hit training, high intensive interval training, and it's 45 minutes. You got got your workout done. <laughs> then right after that, I have such a strategic, okay, I got 15 minutes of stretch, boom, and then I get home, take a shower, make breakfast. I eat breakfast. It works for me. I have to eat my full breakfast, desayuno, <laughs> and then I get the day started. And the days when I miss it, because either I'm tired or I went on a mountain bike the previous night and I'm so tired and I don't do my routine, then I just don't feel like the day has started well. I'm like, okay, I'm slacking here. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I also like a lot my morning routine and it definitely sets the mood for me for the day. And yeah, I feel exactly the same whenever I can't do my morning routine. Yeah, I feel that something's missing from my day. So, so yeah, I think it's very important to have a whatever works for you, right? Like for me, the, the walks work. I don't do a big breakfast. I do just like a power smoothie. And so you have to find out what works for you. But I do agree that starting the day with that feeling of like, kind of like you accomplished already something before starting everything else i think um, for me at least i think it helps me a lot with the mindset of the day uh, and i am a, i am a firm believer in like um, a lot of things in life are about momentum and generating momentum and creating momentum and with momentum i mean um how how you can generate some momentum is with small wins during the day and I think like whenever you're having some small wins, um, as you said, making the bed, you can make it feel like a small win. 
making a, a breakfast that you that you really like that can feel like a small win going for a walk early in the morning can feel like a small win and i think like whenever you are starting to stack up some of these some of these small wins it's kind of like that's something to your mindset that it starts to feel easier to win and to do harder stuff so whenever you are facing a problem at work or whenever you're facing a problem in your relationship or um, whenever you're facing things that will come during the day. I think whenever you have this mindset of like, okay, I don't know, I took a cold shower in the morning and that's a hard thing to do, but if I can do that, I can face these other harder things. And it, for me, it feels like you kind of build that momentum through the, through the day with, with those small wins. And in general, for me in life, it's like, um in, in ter- like for example for entrepreneurship um that can also translate into generating okay. small wins in your company and uh, generating small wins uh, in your day to day like i don't know today i solved uh, some two boxes of of my of my product and i talk with one customer talk with this other customer and it's like generating those small wins can just like take you to get big wins overall uh, whenever you're whenever you're reaching for big goals so i think this can be i i I truly think that this can be applied to everything like i i know that i haven't experienced uh, something as hard as pcos but i do think that if you start with small steps and start applying some of the things that that you heard today in the podcast that can i i I believe that can start changing something in your mindset and make you feel that even if it's something as hard as pcos and you start to feel some wins at the beginning even if there is more wins can give you the the sense that it can be as you were saying it can be a uh, it can be treated it can like like you can feel stronger you can feel happier you can feel you can feel better um making these small changes right absolutely and one of the things that you were sharing about entrepreneurship and following a healthy lifestyle is the way how you do something that's how you do everything and yes there's some patterns that may or may not follow this philosophy but I do believe that if you are a hustler, if you work hard for yourself, for your health, for your family, for your finances and yourself, that's going to be translated into business as well. I, I like to call it the fitness, faith, family and finances. Those are the most important pillars in lifestyle. Honestly, the healthy food, yeah, cool. But you can eat all the kale in the world. What if, but having an unhealthy relationship, that's not going to help. So what is the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal really, in my opinion, is to enjoy life, real success come in the power of enjoying what you have, enjoy. I mean, and this, this can have a little bit of a controversial because like people can say, oh, but I enjoy not to work. Okay, yeah, we're not talking about being mediocre. We're talking about still having goals, having set goals, 
being happy, being able to spend time with your loved ones, being able to do the things that you like, go to the places that you love, and still work, finding a balance at the ultimate ultimate place. Because if you, and, and again, the way how you do something, that's how you do everything. If you want to be healthy, if you want to have a successful business, you're potentially also going to have a successful family, successful finances and relationships, and it all comes into the integrative circle. I love that. Mariana, thank you so much for, for your time today. If people want to learn more about the work you do and, and want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do it? You can find me on Instagram as GetBabe. I also share TikTok videos, sometimes really funny. <laughs> you can also reach out to me on my website, gapbait.com. And I'm an open book. You can honestly ask me anything. I have all my inbox opened. I basically can, I basically see everything that people ask me. And I'm happy if you, if you have any question, anything in regards to health and my personal story, just feel free to reach out to me. Thank you so much, Mariana. And thank you for, for being here today. Bye Thank bye. you, Nicholas. Bye. Hello, everyone. This is Nico again. And just a few more things before you take off. If you'd like to be part of the Waku tribe to be the first one to know about the launch of exclusive flavors, special promotions, and content about health and wellness, just go to livewaku.com. That's L-I-V-E-W-A-K-U.com and sign up for our email list. And if you sign up, I hope you enjoy being part of our community.